Welcome, Closers, to our Yes, I Am a Closer podcast. As always, this is Dominic Caminata here with Grassi University, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to tune in. As many of you know, this Yes, I Am a Closer podcast is really all about talking to some of the brightest minds that are out there, not just in sales training and leadership, but also business development. And really, it's to help you become more successful in today's current climate, today's current world, whatever that may be. If you're the hungry salesperson looking to grow professionally, if you're a sales manager looking for insight on how to guide and lead your team more effectively, or if you're an owner of a company that's looking to take your business to the next level, really our goal is to talk to some of the brightest minds out there to help you take that to the next level. The guys that are currently doing it active in the business. Uh, the guest I have on our podcast today, I'm really excited to talk to. I got connected with this gentleman through LinkedIn and we ended up communicating in some of the chat boxes and going back and forth, and I started doing some research on this gentleman, and I learned very quickly that he has a lot of very valuable experience and a lot of really priceless insight that he can share to our viewers. So this gentleman's name is Grant Winstead, and he's been 30 years active in the business with an unbelievable story to tell, wealth of knowledge, and he's not only a decorated sales trainer, leadership coach, motivational speaker, but he's actually also an author, and he's a very well-known blogger in the industry, but he's also a guy that has a lot of great connections in the industry, and he can give you some valuable insight on how to not only take your sales and close more deals more effectively, but also how to help grow your business as well. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce the man himself, Mr. Grant Winstead. So Grant, I appreciate taking time of your day to be on the podcast. It's obviously a pleasure. And kind of starting off for the viewers that you know, are watching this, wondering, you know, who's Grant Winstead? Just give us a, a little overview as to how you got into the home improvement industry, kind of in the beginning stages, and ultimately took your career to where it is today. Well, uh, Dominic, it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. No problem. Um, <clears throat> well, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. <laughs> I was a I was a kid uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um going nowhere fast you know uh but luckily by the grace of god i i ran into another fellow afro-american uh and i used to see this guy all the time he had a bmw he had um, always have people around him four or five people and uh is it a restaurant i used to go to uh, to have a sandwich, and he used to be in there having a sandwich with his crew. Yeah. So I wasn't doing anything. So you know, I approached them. Uh, no, no. What happened is, is he came in one day by himself, and I'm at the one end of the restaurant, he's at the other, and I said, "This is my opportunity. I'm yeah. going to approach this guy to figure out what he does." <laughs> so I approached him, and he says, "Hey, my name is Tony." I said, "My name is Grant." I said, "Well, by the way, what do you do?" You know, you got all these people around you, and you got a nice car, you got, you know, you dress nice. What do you do? And he said, well, he was in the home improvement business. I said, the home improvement business? He said, yeah. He said, him and his dad were home improvement salesmen. Mm -hmm. I said, wow. He said, then he, he said, are oh, you looking for a job? I said, yeah, I'm looking for a job. He said, okay, well, meet me here tomorrow, and I'll, I'll get you started. So basically... Wow. I met him there the next day. Mm -hmm. And back in, in the 80s when I started, 
there wasn't, you know, there wasn't no script. He didn't give me no script. Mm -hmm. He just told me what to say. Yeah. He said, I want you to do, Grant, this is what I want you to do. I want you, I'm going to put you on a block and you're going to knock on doors and you're going to solicit home improvement jobs for me. Yeah. And he said, you know, and he said, we'll give you, I said, well, what about pay? He said, you'll make 10% of the sale. You know, and I said, okay, okay, I'll give it a try. Mm -hmm. And so, long story short, I began to knock on doors. I got my first job and basically have a look back. You know, wow. I got my, got my first job and I was with Tony for about, I canvassed, I was about 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I canvassed door to door for five years straight, N not closing, wow. just getting leads and giving him the leads and he would go back and sell. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, I went to work for his dad. His dad had all the connections to the, to the, uh, to the business owners, which were mainly Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, the make short, uh, I used to camera for his dad. Uh, um, uh, his dad was a pretty good, uh, he, he, he was my mentor. Mm -hmm. uh, when I write about him in my book, uh, his name is uh, CJ and CJ, I tell you what, man, that guy could connect to people like no other. Wow. I mean, he'll walk in a house and before you know it, he'll have them people sign that contract. I know how he did it. But I can tell you what, the guy was good. The guy was good, and I learned a lot from him. And I talked about that in my book, like I just mentioned. That's awesome. Yeah, and, you know, that's a valuable experience. I think you had mentioned that you've done over, you know, 30,000 door-to-door, I mean, canvassing door-to-door, over 30,000 doors or probably even more than that. I mean, I don't even know how you quantify that, but it's unbelievable because a lot of people underappreciate the – the challenge of being a promoter, being a canvasser, being in marketing and being prospector because you face true rejection more than salespeople, right? Oh, who are you I, telling yeah, because yeah. I mean, how many doors do you get slammed in your face in a given day? That's right, that's you right. Know, a lot of, uh, I call them lead babies sometimes, but a lot of salespeople in this industry, you know, they face objections a lot, but they don't get hit with that true rejection and having that mental toughness to be able to go through five straight years of continual rejection, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times a day, probably sometimes. I mean, I guess for the viewers that are watching, I mean, I guess, how do you develop that mental toughness? I guess, how do you have that tenacity just to keep moving forward and face rejection head on, just understand it's part of the deal. But you know, a lot of people get kind of get uh, burnt out from that. It kind of, it, it brings them down to the point where they can't function anymore. Right. Well, well, let me tell you something, buddy. Where I came from, it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it was average. And yeah. I just wanted more. I just wanted more for my life. So I didn't really look at the objections. I looked at the opportunity. I looked at the opportunity. Okay, this guy said no. This one said no. I could have got 20 no's, but that one yes paid off for all the 20 no's that I got, all the 100 no's that I got in a row. And plus, I had a pretty good support system. You know, I wasn't the only one knocking on doors. That the attorney at that time had like five or six guys, maybe 10 people knocking on doors for them. Mm -hmm. And we were all commission-based guys. So we had that camaraderie going. But the most important thing that I, that I have going for me is I wasn't going to take rejection. I knew this was my way out of, the, of my situation. I knew that I, I, I had no sales, no nothing. I just wanted to to knock on doors and get leads. I wanted to perfect that 
and I perfected it to where, you know, I knew when I had somebody good. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, over time in sales and, and marketing, canvassing, all that stuff, you get really good at being able to read people and be able to kind of qualify them the right way. And of course, deliver the right message is going to be the most effective for that person, which is important. It's important to be consistent in this business, but I think being able to tailor yourself and adapt yourself to different situations is something that is not easy to train. You know, some people have that ability, some people don't. But one thing that we were talking about yesterday, uh, as we were just kind of bouncing ideas off each other, is you had a lot of different types of people that you've had to not only canvas for, but also sell to. And I think it's important for people to hear like some of the things you've had to overcome in your career, some of the ways you're able to kind of defy the odds in a way, given kind of where you were selling and the, the people you were selling to. I guess if, if, if you're that salesperson watching this, what are some little tips or pointers or just general, general advice you'd give somebody that's looking to figure out a way to sell to a very diverse group of people and continue to move forward? Right. Well, uh, so, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, trial and error is, 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 is a good life lesson. Um, uh, so I would give you some of my ears and how I was able to say that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So canvassing was pretty good for me because all I had to do was basically get the lead. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. you took all the rejection, but that one paid off. So I didn't mind that. Mm -hmm. uh, my closer had died on me. Um, and at that time, I was making pretty good money canvassing. I wasn't interested in closing. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had, uh, uh, he had died of cancer. And I had to make a choice um, to whether I wanted to stay in this industry or do something else. And I went to my wife and I said, I don't know if I can sell. And she says, no, 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 you can sell. Yeah. I said, I don't know if I can. She said, well, you can do it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, without any training, I just, you know, went out there to start selling. I had no training whatsoever. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and I was canvassing and selling my own jobs, which is kind of difficult, selling yeah. and canvassing my own job. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, when, you, when we were canvassing, we were generating our own leads for the company we were working for. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and I thought for sure I, I was ready to go. Well, to be honest with you, I wasn't ready. And I'm going to tell you a couple of stories that happened to me mm -hmm. that really, like, you know, what we talked about yesterday, you know, you can't wing it. You have to know, you have to know what you know. Yeah. So I went to a customer's house. Um, I forgot how I generated the lead. It was, a, it was a white guy's house. I went to his house, and he wanted to stop with him facial. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was just canvassing. I knew a little bit about software aphasia, but I thought if I could sell myself, I could, I could sell this guy. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, well, I sold myself, but I didn't have the knowledge to be able to sell him software aphasia. Yeah. He, he, he began to ask me about uh, the, the different types of software aphasia. How long is it? How wide is it? Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest with you, I could not answer those questions. Right. And I kind of felt right on my face. And when I left there, I called my mentor up and uh, uh, he told me, he says, you know, Graham, you know, uh, 
you can um, uh, sell yourself, but in the streets, you gotta know, you know, you gotta know to have that product knowledge. So product knowledge is is, is big. You can only you can sell yourself when you're canvassing. The next level is you gotta have that knowledge. And and once I was able to get that knowledge of what softening up feature was or whatever I was selling, then I was able to say, okay, I got a little bit more up under me. Yep. So when I go to the next customer's house, I'm not going to embarrass myself. It was a big embarrassment, and I learned a lot from that lesson. Yeah, see, my advantage getting into the industry is I have an extensive construction background. My father actually owned a demolition company, um, which demolition, if you reverse engineer it, you learn a lot about how things are built. Uh, so you get a lot of construction background. But I also worked um, as a teenager in my early 20s for roofing and siding companies, installing the roofs, installing the siding. Uh, I did a lot of concrete and masonry work. I did building new construction, things like that. So that really helped me. But I think that's one thing salespeople need to take responsibility for is becoming an expert in this profession of selling. Because I can tell you personally, uh, we had a stamped concrete patio done at our house uh, two years ago. And I had three companies that I was interviewing, right? It was kind of contradictory what we talk about, right? Because, you know, we we're one call closers. But, but I had to come out and the first two companies, the reason why I wasn't even going to consider them is because they didn't have seemingly any experience doing the type of concrete that I wanted. Because we had a specific type of random stone, a specific pattern and color scheme. And I asked them what their experience was doing that. And the guys that were not certain or confident or knowledgeable about that whole process or had any evidence that they knew what the hell they were doing. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm not interested in talking to you. And the third guy ended up actually being one of the more expensive. It was probably the most expensive, but he's, he was showing me like this photo album, like this big of like, you know, dozens and dozens right. of jobs exactly like we wanted. And he was talking right. us through exactly how it's done. He knew everything about it. And the guy was an expert and we ended up hiring him and it was a no brainer for me. Right. Um, you know, like you said, selling yourself is, is absolutely crucial, but if you don't know the product and you don't know the industry, you don't know your competition. Uh, one thing I always encourage my salespeople to do, and I'm sure you'd agree this is valuable is go visit your job sites, right? Go visit the job sites when they're being installed, meet the installers, really dissect exactly how the product you're selling is being installed. So if you get those questions asked to you, you can be the expert and have an intelligent response because that's what's going to bring that confidence through as well, which is right. really important. Right. But that's a really, really valuable message there. Now, obviously, you have a lot of diverse experience. So what are, what are all the products in the beginning stages that you said you were doing soften and fascia? What other things were you selling early in your career? Early in my career, I was selling mainly window siding roofing, the, 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 the fast, easy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I want to back up and say one quick story oh, yeah. about uh, CJ, which um, I think everybody needs to have a mentor. I think everybody in this industry needs to have a, a mentor or a coach or a trainer. Mm -hmm. um, and CJ was mine. Yeah. And I remember, this is so funny, I think you're going to get kicked out of this. Um, I remember we were canvassing in Southeast DC uh, in the hood. And CJ told me, he said, Grant, this is what I want you to do. I want you to... Um, we had went up to a customer's house uh, and I had the one that sample 
and we had went up to the house and he says, okay, I want you to stay here to close this deal mm-hmm. and I'll be right back. And I don't know where he went, but he said he'd be right back. Yeah. And I felt like, oh, I'm not ready. So anyway, uh, I did my best. Mm-hmm. I did my best to connect to the people. They were black people. Mm-hmm. And after about 30 minutes, I couldn't close them. Mm-hmm. So I walked out of the house with the window sample. And um, I came back, and uh, she just said, what happened? And I said, the people, the people weren't ready. He said, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And I can see kind of disgust in his face, but he didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And so about a week later, we're working in the same neighborhood, and we looked over, and the people have brand new windows in their house. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And he looked at me, and he says, you call yourself a closer, <laughs> and I never felt like so like so bad. I mean, he didn't he didn't mean to make me feel bad, yeah. but I was going around calling myself a closer, and I had a purple opportunity to close the deal, to close that deal, and I knew he would have closed it. Yeah, I, you know, I knew he would have closed it, <laughs> and um, so uh, he says, you know, you call yourself a closer, huh? And I stayed on him, and I watched him, you know, his every move after that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's important that, uh, that, uh, that we all have mentors, we all have coaches, we all have trainers, because yep. you can't do this by yourself. It's, it's kind of impossible. So. That's, a, that's a really good point, Grant. And the more I'm networking with business owners and big people in the industry, big motivational speakers and leadership coaches and all this stuff, they have coaches of their own, right? Everybody has somebody that coaches them. And then you can obviously share that, kind of pay it forward as well, um, share your knowledge and expertise. And I'm sure you're the same way as me. I mean, getting coached by someone, having those leaders, leaders in your life to guide you is so crucial but really there's no greater fulfillment in life than helping others, right? Coaching right. and influencing other people. And that's why it's almost unfair kind of what I do for a living. Cause I never feel like I'm working. Like when I wake up in the morning, I literally get so excited to get into work and start talking to people, start coaching people. Right. Training is something that gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment, but that's just true in life, right? Helping others. Right. Well, you know, one thing you come to know is like, I'm a spiritual guy. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, one of the uh, things that you know I instill in my in my life uh, are is you know the two greatest things that God told us to do. He said, "Love thy God with all thy strength," and then the second greatest commandment commandment is, "Love thy neighbor as thyself." Mm-hmm. Well, love thy neighbor as thyself is what we're doing. Yep. We are going out. We're coaching. We're training. But actually, we're doing the greatest commandment, the, the second greatest commandment that mm-hmm. God gave us. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So those are ways I look at those. Uh, 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 when I come on these shows and I help people, or if I'm training somebody, mm-hmm. I'm doing what God commanded me to do, which is love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, I was talking to some salespeople the other day, and I said, you know, I'm going to give you one thing. If you do this one thing moving forward, it'll change your life. Every person you meet from here moving forward treat them like they're the most important person on the planet earth, right? Because to them they are, right? But that'll show through. So whether it's someone, a friend, a family member, a coworker, a prospect, you know, a, new, a prospective customer, 
You treat each and every person you meet with moving forward like they're the most important person on the planet, and I guarantee it'll change your life. That's right. Yeah, that's that's right. It's a really good mindset to that's have. Right. That's right. That's right. So getting back to what you were talking about, uh, Washington D.C. is a very diverse um, is a very diverse area, uh, and I've been in Washington D.C. for over thirty five years. Mm -hmm. uh, coming coming out of Pittsburgh, um, I came down here with a a, a Jewish company. Uh, I was in, a, in the Jewish community um, and um, learned a lot from them. Learned an awful lot uh, with the suppliers, the manufacturers, and whatnot. And um, what I found uh, in my particular life, being an African-American, that all they would care about is, was I producing? Yep. Was I buying? Was I outselling? Was I buying? Was I outselling? Mm -hmm. and, and as long as I was doing that, I was in good graces with them. Yeah. And I was making money and taking care of my family. Washington, D.C. Is, is, is so diverse in terms of the different uh, um, uh, cultures, mm -hmm. or the different personalities, the different um, uh, diversity. Uh, you have Indians, you have uh, um, uh, Koreans, uh, you have uh, whites, you have, you know, um, all types of people. So this was a good training ground for a guy like me uh, that, that, uh, that, that was able to go in these houses and perform at yeah. the highest level. And um, if you know anything about uh, um, Washington, D.C., then again, you know, it's uh, very diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have different income levels. Uh, one minute you can be in the hood where a person is making fifty thousand, and the next minute you can be in the suburbs where someone's making one hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. That wants the basement down or, or or want a roof on their house, um, and they can be white, they can be black, they can be Korean. And one of the things that I learned in my experience mm -hmm. and being able to sell a diverse group of people. Is all they wanted was a good job and a quality. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that if you could do that, if you could say, hey, my name is Grant and I'm, I can service you, I can take care of you, I can take care of your pro a project. If you can do that, nine out of 10, you have to sell. Yeah. Um, and, and so I urge your listeners is to, no matter what level of where you're at, sell quality, sell, you know, sell your services, but make, make sure that you can back it up and, and, and perform uh, whatever you're selling that customer. Yeah. yeah, I think it's important that, you know, that when you are in sales, a lot of times ethics and morals and integrity get pushed aside, right, for income. And I think it's, I call it being selfishly selfless, where, if you genuinely care about your prospect and you're a man of integrity and honesty and you have good moral ethics and moral compass and the prospect feels that, right? They feel like this guy really cares about me and he wants to, he, he understands me as a human being and, and that he's here to relieve me of my pain, right? If they can, if they can feel that, that transference of that integrity, because I always say, you know, human beings have built in bullshit detectors, right? They can tell when they have a lion, you know, snake of a salesperson in front of them they can fish that out in two seconds 
So genuinely, you know, do what's best for your customer, give them the quality product, give them the permit solution, take care of them, solve their problems. And it's going to translate into more success for you. It's right. going to make your customers a lot happier. And that's why in a way it's like being selflessly selfish because by truly putting everybody first and taking care of those people, it's going to translate into more success. But that's also as sales managers, I try to talk to sales managers about that is put your salespeople first, you know, do what you can. A lot of times sales managers are just doing what's good for them. Right. And they're kind of looking right. down on their team. You know, you're their cheerleader, man, uplift your sales, uplift your salespeople, you know, be their coach, be their mentor, be their inspire these people right. and, you know, help them succeed, throw them a bone every now and then. It's amazing. Like if you develop that loyalty, that respect from your salespeople, over time, that's going to make you a lot of money and make you more successful because they're going to work much harder for you versus some guy that's just demanding things. You know, we, we uh, as you know, we form, we're forming a partnership with Waldo Waldman. And uh, I don't know if you've heard him speak before, but he talks about being a commander, not a demander. You know, you got to command your team and be an effective leader. You're not just making demands. Uh, but yeah, important in life and, and management and sales, but in the home, uh, that's, that's a great thing. Well, one of the things, not because you hold that up, but one of the things that I know what has been really successful for me, you know, this business is all about show and tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you got these guys walking around uh, talking about that, you know, I made this and I made that. I can do this and I can do that to the customer, mm-hmm. but they're not bringing me any deals in. Yeah. Uh, so what I do and what I have done in my career, which um, have proven to be one of the greatest things that I have done is I go and I show them how it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, meaning, like, I actually go in the house, they keep their mouth shut, yep. they watch me perform, they watch me because I know if I got two customers sitting in front of me mm-hmm. that's interested in my particular product and services, mm-hmm. I'm going to close them. Yeah, A lot of guys don't do that. They, 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 they train the guys in the office and then they send them out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what, and what, and what, you know, which is okay to a certain degree because I believe that the only way to truly help somebody, you have to show them how it's done. Yes. That, that is my opinion. You have to get out there with them and say, hey, okay, just sit back, watch me do this, and then now you got the premises that it can be done. Yep. And then the next couple calls after that, I'll go with you mm-hmm. to critique you, but at least you know that it can be done. And so that's typically the way that we walk around here because of a new guy that, come, that comes aboard. And I hope I'm not jumping all over the place. Or you, uh, oh, this is, this is a very important topic, and I'm 100% agreeing with you. And I got a story I was going to share with you after your. Yeah. So, so it's just it's so important to. to to, 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 to show and tell. One of the things that I one of the things that I learned from the Jewish community is the reason why they are so successful is that they show, they tell and they show. Mm-hmm. They don't just tell you to go do something. Mm-hmm. They, they say, okay, this is how it's done and this is the way it's done, and they'll show you how to do it. And I think in sales, if you do that, you have less turnover, you have less turnover because you're actually showing them how to do it. So that's just my opinion. Well, you know, 
I'm sure you've heard us say that, but that's literally everything Grass University stands for right there. We're not going to just tell anybody anything. You know, we're, we're out showing people. Like, we want to show them we're currently doing it right now. Because, you know, that drives me nuts. I'm sure you're the same way where, you know, if someone's giving me advice, when's the last time you've done that? When's the last time you've been in a home? You know, when's the last time you've been in the trenches with your sales team? And I right. think a sales manager that's not actually in the field with their guys, they're not a manager at all. What are you right. managing? You're just, you know, a desk jockey, just sitting back, twiddling your thumb, right. not really. And uh, I have a really interesting story about that. Um, I had the sales rep that came from Honduras. I don't know if you've heard the story before, but uh, I interviewed him in December of, or excuse me, November of 2018. And uh, English was the second language. Uh, he actually became a U.S. citizen December of uh, 2018. So I interviewed him in November. He became a U.S. citizen mm. in December. And... You could tell he knew how to speak English, but it was very difficult, right? It took a lot of brain power and he had to really think about the words. But there's something about this guy. You could tell he had a lot of heart. And his attitude was just, he's just very, very uh, focused on his vision. You could tell that he had a vision of what he wanted and no one was going to stop him. So I saw that in him, but I knew it was going to be a very challenging thing for him to do. Now, this kid had never done in-home selling before in his life didn't know anything about construction at all. Didn't know what a tape measure was. <laughs> didn't know how to measure anything. Um, and obviously when we're going through training on selling windows and baths and all this stuff, there's a lot of product knowledge and technicalities that he has to understand. So in order for him to learn the process, he had to hear it in English, go back home, translate it back into Spanish, and then relearn it again in English so he could understand what the hell I was mm -hmm. saying, right? His first month he got thrown out there and I, I was getting tied up with other trainings and stuff like that. I wasn't able to ride with him. He netted 25,000, crash and burn, right? Mm. And he had a straight uh, streak where he went like 0 for 15. And I, I guarantee you there would be a lot of companies out there that would have been like, well, you know, it's probably not a good fit for him. Let's cut our losses. You know, it's just, it's a different industry. Maybe he's not meant for this, right? Mm. All I did, I spent three days with him, riding with him in the field, and I watched him on one lead just to see where he was at. And then I said, I want you to watch me for the next two days and record every word I say. And that's what he did. So he watched me in the home with his recorder on his phone, every single word I said. In 2019, his first full year, he wrote up 3 million. And he was wow. the most profitable salesperson in our entire company. Wow. Well, awesome. Just like that. But, you know, right. the fact that managers are not willing to invest that time, get out in the field, like you said, show and tell. And I find that there's a lot of people when I bring them in and I'm training them our, our step selling system or talking about sales methodology, there's always a little skepticism. They're like, does that actually work? Does that really right. work? And until you, they see you do it, see you prove that in the field, right. that's where the light bulb goes off. They're like, holy crap, this stuff does really work. It works exactly right. the way you said it was going to work, right? Right. That's that's absolutely a phenomenal topic there. It's a great point. Right, right. Okay. So one one of the things um, also that's on the tip of my mind, uh, and it just sitting sitting in the forefront, even though we're not talking about it. Uh, one of the things that um, CJ did when um, he went to close the deal, mm -hmm. and I write about this in my book when. Uh, um, well, you know, most people say, you know, sign your name here, sign your name here, or 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 um, sign here. Yeah. Um, 
or they use the word sign. Yeah. Uh, 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 one of the things that uh, CJ used to do, it was a show I wanted, and people would just do it. He would just say, put your name right there. Put your name right there. Put your name right there. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you would see people picking up the pen and just putting their name right there. Yeah. And he would push them bank papers, push the contract over, mm-hmm. and he didn't wait for them to ask, um, you know, what what was the next thing was. Mm-hmm. He was always ahead of them. Yeah. And salespeople, we are leaders. We want to lead the process. We want to be proactive. Yes. In the whole process. From the time you enter that house to the time that you're leaving that house, you're the leader. You're guiding. You're directing. Mm-hmm. It's your show, not theirs. The whole way down to where you get to the contract, you push that paper over to them. And I don't use the word contract. I just push it over to them. And I say, this is agreement. And put your name right there. Yeah. So, so, you know, a lot of people... Uh, a lot of sales people get, you know, they get kind of um, technical in the house. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is, it's, it's, this job is meant to have fun. It's meant to be expressive who you are. Yes. And 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 even though you are, you have a regiment you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's meant to be. It meant to be the expression of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's excellent. They, you brought that up. You know, one thing that we train at Grass University is you never, ever, ever ask for the order. You never ask for the order. You always assume the order, right? Right. And that little thing that you're talking about, CJ, put your name right here. That's really how it's done. Because, you know, one thing that I train on, you know, picture you have like this 200 pound bag, right? And it's a bag of sand or whatever you want to call it. And on that bag, it says decision. When you ask that prospect for the order, when you ask them, hey, Grant, would you like to move forward? <laughs> you basically, it's like taking that bag and putting it on their lap now. You put the weight of the decision on them. Right. It actually creates more pressure, and they're going to talk themselves out of it more often than not. Right. There's all kinds of studies on this stuff. They say timid salespeople that beat around the bush and ask for the order close maybe 10 to 20% of the time. Whereas confident and assertive salespeople that go ahead and assume the order, they usually close between 40 and up to 70% of the time because you're confidently, you're not, it's less pressure. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because it's opposite of right. what people the think, right? right? They think right. if I assume the sale, it's going to be high pressure. Well, it's actually the opposite. opposite. You're, you're high pressure if you ask for the order because again, you're putting all that on them. It's just crazy. Right. Right. It's, it's right. totally opposite. But yeah, that's great. And all those things, those trigger words that salespeople need to omit from their vocabulary. I had this salesperson I rode with and he wondered why he kept getting people mad at him when he delivered his initial visit discount, right? When he gave him the discount to move forward, he's like, I don't know what I'm saying or what I'm doing, but I keep getting people mad at me and they keep kicking me out. I said, well, let me ride with you and I'll see if uh, anything stands out to me. So he's delivering his initial visit discount and his presentation was good. Everything was going good. And then he ended it and said, here's the deal, John and Mary, <laughs> we have to get this uh, thing signed today. So he said, here's the deal, we have to get this thing signed today. That's not going to work. So there's several words in there that are trigger words that, you know, if someone's talking to you like that, you know, well, you can take this agreement and shove it up your ass because I ain't signed it, right. you know? Right. Uh, but that's just it is, it's all those little things that make all the difference, right? Right. Yeah. That, right. That's it's, 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 it's how you present it 
-hmm. you can present it you know I, I i'm a great presenter um i know you know grasso talks about the master presentation i think that the whole i think your whole life is the master presentation yes your whole the way that you carry yourself yep. the way that you communicate with your friends your neighbor your church mm -hmm. all that is the master presentation because when you get when you really look at it is selling is an extension of who you are, who we are. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, it's like you buy from the people you like. Yeah. Or people buy from the people they like. Yeah. Well, I'm a likable guy. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I make it known that I'm a likable guy. Yeah. You know, I may not, I may not, I may not, uh, um, I may rub people the wrong way with my attitude, but basically, I'm a likable guy. Yeah. I like to buy on people. That I like. Like I went out the other day, uh, last year, at the end of last year, and I wanted to buy a new pickup truck. And I'm looking around, and this guy, I really like him. Mm -hmm. He's at the Ford dealership. I had knew him before, and I told him, man, I, 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 I'm not buying the truck because I'm going to get the truck. I like you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm buying the truck because I like you, and I might learn something from you about sales. Yeah. So I mean, I, I did negotiate, you know, for the truck, but mm -hmm. the main reason why I wanted to buy the truck because he was the number one salesperson at the dealership. I see him around town all the time. Mm -hmm. I see him at different restaurants with his wife and his kids. Yeah. And he get, you know, I knew him for a while. And I knew. So I said, well, when I get ready to buy the truck, I'm going to go see this guy. Yeah. And I went to go see him, and. It's not like I learned anything. I just wanted to buy it off him because I like them. Mm -hmm. So people, people buy, and, and people buy off me. I tell them, uh, 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 they tell me, "Hey, man, you know, we just love you. We just like you, you know." And and so I think, you know, that is a, a extension of who we are when we're out selling, when we're in the home selling. You know, people are going to buy if they like you, but you got to have that knowledge to back it up, of course. Yeah, we were talking about that um, because, again, I hate to keep bringing them up, but we were talking with Waldo Waldman about that, how you're always on parade, right? You're always on parade, in and out of work. And it's important that you conduct yourself as a, a top you know, salesperson, your chosen profession, but a class act in and outside of work everywhere you go because people are watching you, right? Everywhere you go. Right. You know, how do you treat the, the server at the restaurant? How do you treat right. your kids? How do you treat your family, your friends? Right stuff like that, it's going to translate into how effective you are just as a human being and taking care of your customers, right? Right. So you got to be right. authentic. You know, people want authenticity more than ever. Someone that's genuine, someone that has integrity, someone that's a class act. I mean, there's so many scams going on. People are just terrified these days to buy anything unless they have that likability, that trust, right? right. I, you know, the way I train it is I do train that Likeability and trust are huge. Now, I usually put trust before likability. <laughs> the way I say it is, you know, there's people sometimes in this world that you like, but you wouldn't necessarily trust. Right. So you definitely, <laughs> you definitely need both, but that's, that's a great point. They talk about that friendship factor, right? Go make a friend, you know, make them love you. And I'm sure you've had this experience where you leave a house and the homeowner's hugging you, they're, they're making you dinner. And <laughs> I've had people where, you know, you change their lifestyle with a beautiful walk in shower, a walk in tub, and they're in tears. They're so happy and they're loving you. And there's such a great feeling right. for you as right. a person. Yeah. 
well, I tell you the story, and I, I said it to you the other day about, you know, me going out to the country, uh, you know, uh, the, the, my customer base was mainly African-Americans in the city, but I got sick and tired of driving into the city where I had all these houses around me that needed to get worked on. So we did a test, uh, um, a test um, uh, matter. Uh, we, you know, we did our homework, we did the research, and we said, well, we're going to mail around here a little further out. Um, well, I didn't have to, I didn't, I, I didn't have much experience uh, on selling Caucasians, mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, I wanted to see what I could do, you know. And so I decided to say, hey, I'm going to sell, we're going to send this mail uh, out west to see what we get. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we got a huge response. Um, and uh, the one that came back, and I, I tell my story, I drove the whole way out there, about 50 miles, mm -hmm. and I look up, and I see an 18 wheeler truck with a, you know, with a Confederate flag on the back of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, being Afro-American to see the Confederate flag, yeah. I'm saying to myself, there's no way, I, I'm telling myself, there's no way I'm gonna sell this guy. Yep. There's just no way. I'm telling myself, uh, anyway, I, 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 the whole way walking up to the house, mm -hmm. I'm telling myself, there's no way I'm going to sell these people. There's no way. I ring the doorbell. I'm telling myself, there's no way. I ought to just leave. I ought to just leave. I'm telling myself this. Yeah. The doorbell opens, and this big old white man comes to the door. His belly, his shirt buttoned down, is all red. And the first thing he says to me, oh, he's a shining boy. And yeah. I said to myself, there's no way. I'm, 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 there's no way. There's no way I'm going to sell this guy. <clears throat> and to make a long story short, I end up selling the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I end up selling that guy. And that was a game changer for me. That was a, that was a real game changer. Because I said to myself, if I can sell a redneck out in the country, that uh, that is the I, I I wouldn't call him a hater. I, mm -hmm. I want to call him a hater, but I knew that he was a southern guy. Yeah. I knew he, you know, um, he used words like the good old boy. Um, he called me a boy, you know. That, I, I, he, he didn't know he was disrespecting me. Yeah. But after I got done with that sale, I said to myself, that was early on in my career. I said, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. This is like awesome, you know, because people will buy, if they don't buy you, they'll buy the quality. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I think it was the quality because his wife, well, when I got there, he told me his wife, uh, uh, she don't need to be there. She don't make no decisions. <laughs> and, as, and, and boy, show me what you got. You only got five minutes. Yeah, that's five minutes. I'm gonna do it five minutes. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna make a connection with him in five minutes. So I had to go with the quality aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, his wife came downstairs, sat right beside me. She was more interested in what I was saying. And um, so it's like unbelievable that I sold them people. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is the way this business is. If you just put a little album recent to it. Yeah. You know, I didn't believe in myself. I did believe in myself because I kept going. Even though I doubted myself the whole time, mm -hmm. I just kept going. I was I was at the highest level. We had money. 
I wanted to get a return on my money. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I got the return. I got a good customer. And I ended up having a pretty good, you know, friend out of that. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. prejudging is dangerous, right? And I say it's very toxic because it's human nature. I mean, as much as we can say don't prejudge, human beings are going to judge all the time, right? It's going to happen. And uh, I actually have a crazy story. One of my sales reps went to this house and you ever had that experience where you drive up to the house and all the appliances are in the yard and the house, all the windows are shattered and the siding's falling off. It looks like the house is condemned, right? It's like no one can right. legitimately live here. So he pulls up the house and that's what the way it looked. It was in shambles. And he's already telling himself like, Oh my God, it's going to be a waste of time. This person's not going to have any money. Right. And he, the uh, customer opens the door. He knocks on the customer opens and she's bound to a wheelchair. She has no pants on and she's missing all of her teeth. Mm -hmm. Now, as much as we, we try to pretend people aren't going to judge his mind, he's telling himself, my God, she can't afford clothes. She can't afford good dental. Like, there's no way right. she can buy, right? And on top of it, she had like 11 cats and like five dogs and a bunch of ferrets. And it just like was burning his sin sinuses. Yeah. The, right. the urine smell was just potent. Anyway, so he gets in and he, you know, credit to this guy, he put his head down and delivered a master presentation and he was there to sell a bathroom. He's selling a bathroom renovation. And this is one of those gals at the state of her life where it's like, I'm not going to take my money with me. I'm going to get everything I want. <laughs> so she picked out like the most expensive, everything. It was like a 25, $26,000 bathroom. And our salesperson reluctantly slid over the, the total investor. Right. And the only question she asked, she's like, can I just write you a check? He's like, yeah, sure. And she, she had a lot of disabilities, right? She was bound to a wheelchair, but she couldn't really even write anymore with her hands. Um, so she wanted the salesperson to help her not only write the check out, but he had enough trust and credibility. She had him log into her bank account to transfer the money from her savings mm -hmm. to her checking. So long story short, he logs into her bank account and she has over $550,000 sitting in her savings account, in her savings account. Yeah, wow. Now there's probably a lot of people out there maybe that have half a million dollars somewhere, but not sitting in their savings. Right? Right, right. So for her to write on a twenty-five, dollars $26,000 check was a drop in the bucket. She didn't care. Right. But that's a good lesson there. It's like, don't prejudge. You never don't know. Prejudge. Go for it. Right. Go now for it. Say, go for let's it. say worst case scenario, you give it a hundred percent, you give them the best presentation of your life and they don't buy? Was that good Was that good practice? That's right. Hell yeah. Right. Right? So go for it every single time. Go for it. It's like, yeah. I like to use the analogy of baseball. You know yeah. what I mean? I, 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 I love to watch it in the naturals. And like, you know, going to a house is like, okay, you're at bat. I mean, this is the manager these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, you may strike out, you may get a single, you may get a small job. Then again, you know, you may hit a home run. It just depends on, you know, what's being thrown at you, what's being, how the ball's coming across, how the people are responding to you. It's right. like so much excitement in uh, in this industry. You know, yeah. it's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. You know, like I said, like baseball. Yeah, I, uh, I was at a trailer home once selling a walk-in bathtub, and it was an $18,000 fully loaded therapeutic walk-in bathtub because they wanted their, their mother was moving in with them, so they needed to make the house handicap accessible. And I knew how important it was for them to have the mother moving in. You know, we always got to ask yourself this question, what's in it for them, right? What's in it for the, right. the homeowner? And obviously we think of the cost of a nursing home or assisted living, you know, that could be three, $400 a day. 
So I was thinking, you know, if I can finance this tub for them for $200 a month, I mean, they're getting a hell of a deal. Needless to say, I go through all the banking, everything, and it was a flat decline. Everyone got declined. And we were able to get a relative, his cousin on the phone, and get them to drive out to the house to put the whole thing on their credit card and co-sign for the loan. And then they got an eighteen, nineteen thousand $19,000 walk-in tub installed in a trailer home. They told me they paid five grand for it. <laughs> but, hey. that's it. but what's in it for them you know what's in it for them is she doesn't have to go to assisted living she can live with her family right. she has a safe bathing environment and that will still pay for itself because within a few months of assisted living or nursing home i mean that would have been more expensive than the damn tub you know that's right, that's right. yeah it, it's crazy but yeah not prejudging that that's so key uh there's a, a window sale that i had uh, it was in Beloit, Wisconsin. There's some areas in Beloit where the housing values are just garbage, where, you know, it could be a, a 2,000 square foot house and it's valued at 30 grand, right? And I was there to sell porch windows. Okay, not even the windows on the house, just the porch. And they had so many windows in there, it came out to like 18 grand for these porch windows. And I knew the house was like 20, 30 grand for the whole house, right? Wow. They didn't even blink. They're like, yeah, we'll do the financing. We'll, we'll do the monthly. They didn't even care. They were adding square yeah, footage, little right. square footage to their house, you know? Right, right. You can talk yourself out of any sale. I always say that to my salespeople. You can literally make an excuse on every single lead you go on why you did not sell it. But guess what? Nobody cares. That's right. We're not here to hear about your excuses. Find a re find out a way to mm -hmm. overcome that. Think outside the box and close it, right? Close it. Right. You can do it. Right. Don't talk right. yourself out of it, especially ahead of time, right? You can't be right. Doing right. No, I I think you're hitting the uh, the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't want to prejudge. Uh, and another thing I think is key: a lot of salespeople uh, do not use, um, and I'm sure you know in your career as well. Uh, you have to hit on this. It's like one of the things that I love is going to a house and talking about like, okay, we get down to a close and they have no way of knowing how they're going to pay for it. Yeah. And they say, well, you know, we want to go and uh, go to the bank and get the money and we'll get back to you. Or uh, we're going to see if we can get some uh, compatible rates. And most salespeople, people, if they're not trained properly, say, okay, all right, well, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, I'm going. You know, and they lose that sale. That's well, yeah. you know what, you know what I, what I love, I love it when I get down to the close and the people have no idea. I just say, okay, disregard everything and we can do business tonight, do we have a deal? And they say, yeah, yeah, we can work it out. And I know in my mind already that okay, this it's it's time, you know, you know. If we get down to the bottom and I and I ask them how they intend to pay for it, and they say, Well, you know, we were thinking about they look at each other, they have no idea, the wife may say, you know, we were thinking about going to credit union. And then I'll say, Oh, that's great, great. You can go to credit union, yeah, that's fine. But this is what how about if I can get this set up for you for two hundred dollars a month? Mm -hmm. Would that work for you? And then I go into my financing uh, uh, program, and the people are so like, wow, I don't need any money down. No, you don't need any money down. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you mean, uh, I don't have to pay for it until 30 days after the job is done? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm telling you. And the people, 
you can see the saliva coming out of the mouth and say, what do I sign? What do I sign? Right. No, financing. Uh, financing is just is just a, a a very key issue, a very key thing to have yeah. as your tools, as you, as you know, as you, as you are trying to sell home improvements. Yeah, it's amazing to me how many companies still rely on cash, cash and carry, because we know the facts. We know that sixty percent of Americans can't afford a five hundred dollar debt, right? Sixty percent right. can't afford. <laughs> so how how can you rely on cash? And I think. The ability to intelligently, effectively sell financing is one of the most important closing strategies there is. I mean, oh, absolutely. To be, able to be confident. I always tell my salespeople, you got to put your finance advisor hat on because right. when you're when you talk, you got to educate them on financing. A lot of times, the customer. Right. Um, I have a, a very, it's kind of long-winded, but I take my customer through just as if I'm their financial advisor to basically show them what is the best way to make this affordable to fit their budget without taking food off the table? And why are these finance plans the best overall choice for them, right? Compared to what right. they their bank and credit union. And being right. able to explain the difference between a secured loan through the bank or an unsecured loan. Right. Advantages. Um, right. I always love that because you get a lot of people that say, even if they say cash, right? I always ask, well, cash is that funds you have readily available. You can write a check for right now. Or those funds you may be looking at a third party, such as a bank or credit union. And a lot of times, oh, yeah, we're going to go to our bank and look at to get a loan. Hey, great. Sounds like you have a good relationship with your bank. What a lot of our customers do is compare our plans with their bank to see which one comes in best. So let me just show right. you a few of the most popular options. Let me know which one works best for you. Fair enough? That's right. You get That's into right. it. And then, again, once you figure out what's affordable, because the whole thing is getting it to the green, right? Getting it to the green in terms of the, the front-loading the process. When I'm in the close, I should be on the green within a few strokes away, right? Just tap it in. I should right. have to hack it out of the woods to try to, you know, right, right, I'm already right. to the finish line. I funnel it down to affordability is the only thing standing in the way. And now the financing, I mean, that, that is a fun part. Like you said, I love that part because when you're knowledgeable about that and you can explain that confidently and guide the homeowner through that decision-making process, it makes it much easier. Yeah. Right. And, and, it, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, some, sometimes people think it's, uh, um, uh, a hard process. The process is pretty easy. The The main thing is knowing that you have the tool at the end uh, of the process that that's going to help you close that deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yep. 90% of our customers are, are, are finance. I mean, like, you, oh, know, right. I, yeah. you know, yeah, you talk cash uh, buyers into financing, right? You, you got to, I mean, they got to, yeah. they got to be pretty damn convincing to talk me out of financing. I mean, it's, they're going to yeah. work for it, right? Well, as, 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 sometimes I say, "Hey, even if you want to pay me cash, you know that that's fine. Uh, you can do that when we're done. If that's what you want to do." Mm -hmm. uh, but tonight, uh, I don't need no money. Let me take a credit application. Let me get you approved for the work tonight, and uh, let us uh, get to the order process for mm -hmm. you. And most of the time, people just say okay, and they go for it. You know, one thing I train my salespeople to do when you get an objection. You just deliver your price, right? And you get an objection is to ignore the objection first. Don't try to overcome it right away. Because what I see a lot of salespeople do, they'll lay down their price, right? And the customer says, that's way too much money. And then right away, the salesperson starts justifying their price or starts, starts an argument with the customer. Right? Oh, yeah, right. Um, so instead, what I always did, they, uh, they said the price is too high. I say, no problem, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. I completely understand now. If you were to handle an investment like this, 
Is this something you do as a cash investment? Or like most of our customers, would you look into a budget plan? They're like, well, we'd have to finance it. Okay, well, since I'm here anyway, let me just show you a few of our most popular options. Let me know which plan works best for you. And then I swear to God, I would just lay out the finance plans and roll it out. And all of a sudden, the price objection goes away on its own. It just magically disappears. Because right. they're like, what? It's only $180 a month? That's it? Right. What is this application? Yeah, here we go. Put your name right here. You know? <laughs> right, right. That's good. That's good. Because you didn't, you know, start an argument with them right away and try to justify your price and now you're being combative. You just ignore it. You know, keep going through the process because they don't know how affordable this could be. Right. Yeah, I try to explain to salespeople. They say price is too high because they don't have 20 grand sitting in their savings account. They don't know what finance plans you have right now. Right. Just go to financial terms, make it comfortable, make it a no-brainer, and then they'll be like, oh, wow, <laughs> only $180 a month. I can't believe that. We can afford that. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right, right. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, one uh, one uh, thing that I always, you know, my rebuttal, because you, you get this occasionally, you're through the presentation, the customer says, oh, this sounds like it's going to be way too expensive. Oh, this sounds like it's going to be really expensive, right? They say, relax, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I can assure you affordability is our best feature. I didn't say price. <laughs> I said affordability, well, that's right. right? That's right. That's good. It, it truly is. Um, I had a metal roofing sale with a client one time. I was at 18 grand. They had another quote for eight. So I was 10 grand more for a metal roof. Now, granted, we had a better product and better service and all that stuff. But still, I mean, over two times more, they're like, what in the world? So let me ask you a question, Mr. and Mrs. Jones. What type of financing did another company offer you? They're like, well, they didn't. Like, so you're telling me he was cash and carry mainly? Wanted probably half down, half upon completion? They're like, yep. I'm like, "Um, do you have eight grand saved up for this project you could put down? They're like, no. I'm like, then clearly he's not affordable now, is he? (laughs) (laughs) Even though he was less than half the price, I was at $180 a month. This guy was at eight grand. Which one's more affordable? Right. That's good. So you got to think of it that way, right? Make it easy. That's right, what it's it all easy. about. You know, take the, make it fun. Make it easy for them. Right. You can enjoy right. the experience. Right. I don't know if you've seen this from salespeople sometimes, but I've been on ride-alongs where the whole demo's great. They got good rapport going. They got a good relationship. And then they get to the close and they get all serious. And they right. start, they start their, their whole demeanor changes, right? All of a sudden, everything's really tense. They're saying, so <laughs> Like, what happened, man? Yeah, well, yeah. Just relax. Right, right. I tell people, I tell them, uh, okay, well, I'm not going to ask for the, I'm not going to ask you for your firstborn. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, but here's my price. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, uh, another thing uh, that I talk about, uh, uh, Dominic, is uh, the cancellations. I would get these cancellations, and they would beat me back to the office. Wow. And I used to tell, I used to tell my, um, uh, because I was just scared of them. I really never told the people, you know, they have to, you know, they didn't have three days right to cancel. Yeah. And um, so I went to my mentor and I said, man, I got like four cancellations in a row. <laughs> and he said, well, are you bringing it up to them? I said, no. Mm-hmm. He said, well, that could be the problem right there, Grant. I said, well, I, I I don't know what to, you know, cancellation. I'm, you know, who brings that up in the house? Who's yeah. trying to sell stuff? Mm-hmm. He said, Grant, you got to bring it up. Yeah. He said, well, this is what you want to say to him. And I, I tell you what, I said, you know, um, and this has worked in my career. Um, 
uh, you know, for the last 30 years, I, I typically say, uh, listen, Ms. Jones, listen to me. Um, uh, I can't control what happens after I leave here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, prices go up, you know, uh, uh, my words, my bond, I'm not going to come back to you and, and raise my prices. Yeah. Um, but I got to ask you one thing. Are you pretty happy with this deal? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they say, yep, we're happy. Are, are, are you happy with me and the way I presented myself? Yep, we're happy with you, Grant. Yeah. Um, are you happy with the payment and everything we talked about? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, by law, I got to give you three days right to cancel this transaction. Mm -hmm. um, now, listen to me. Um, you have my word that, like I said, I'm not going to come back because I have no control after I leave here. If the prices go up, I got to honor my price with you. But I need your word that you're not going to cancel because if you're going to cancel, please cancel right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I found out when you put that out there like that in front of them, yeah. in front of them, it's, it's, it's so amazing because you're getting the you're getting the, the word that they're not going to cancel the contract. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's <clears throat> you brought that up um i've seen i've talked to a lot of companies and <laughs> some companies have literally told me grant that what they do is they have the customer sign the cancellation form saying that it's just a, a document to go with their financing they basically take the cancellation form they fold it up they put it in an envelope seal the envelope and put it in the back of the paperwork where they can't find it <laughs> so they do everything in their power to cover it up because a lot of salespeople have the false notion that if I bring up the right to cancel, they will cancel. They will cancel. Whereas if you do it the right way, just like you're describing, you use it as a reason not to cancel. Now, the way I explain this, when you close the sale, that's not the finish line. You're at the goal line now. Closing the sale is buttoning up your sale. We call it cleaning up right. the blood. <laughs> so think of like you're lying in the jungle. You just slaughtered your prey, right? And there's blood everywhere. Well, I don't want that prospect to wake up the next morning and see the blood stains everywhere all over the kitchen table. We're like, what the hell? We got slaughtered by Grant yesterday, right? Yeah, right. You got to clean up the blood now. And that, a lot of that has to do with buttoning up your sale. So the first thing I train salespeople on, just like you talked about, is explaining the notice of cancellation. Right. You got to explain that in detail and make sure you get the commitment from them that you, you have their word, they're not going to cancel and make sure that they are confirming they're still comfortable with you. They're comfortable with your company, your product, and most importantly, the overall investment they're making, right? Make sure. How many times do you think sales canceled because the salesperson didn't confirm that that deposit was truly comfortable? The customer got in over their head. They put too much money down. Right, then right. The next morning, they realize, holy shit, like our bank account's drained, right? Right, right. Or wake up that monthly truly wasn't comfortable. But yet you have to explain the cancellation form. Now, what I think is also important is getting them to sell the job back, right? You want to leave on a positive note. One thing I always did is on their folder, I would, I would write some things down. I'd be like, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, uh, I'm really, really excited for you. I can't wait to see the work when it's done. Get used to seeing the space. Cause I'm going to be coming out here all the time. I'm in the neighborhood, but I always like to know, cause I'm trying to get better at what I do for a living. What were some of the primary reasons you did decide to trust us to your home improvement project here today? and get them to sell it back. Of course, they'll right. talk about you. We liked you, Grant. We loved you. You did a great job. Awesome. In terms of our company, right? So what was it about the company that stood out to you, allowed us to trust, you know, trust our company to your home? And then, you know, what are some of the highlights of the product? And when I would do it, I would write those down in their folder 
So every time they looked in the folder, they were reminded again of the reasons that they, they went ahead, right? And then what I think is important is I want to bring out the elephant in the room, the total investment. So I'd say, Grant, now let me ask you a question. Knowing what you now know, after going through all this, I appreciate your endurance. <laughs> do you feel that the value of what you're getting far exceeds the overall investment? Right? So I right. want to get that confirmation. And right. the reason why I ask you this, Grant, is I know how this business goes, right? So I'm going to leave here today and you're going to be talking to your friends, your family, your neighbors about right. your new project with our company. And take a wild guess with the first thing every nosy neighbor wants to know. How about you pay for it? Yeah, how much, right? right. Now, I just came in here today, Grant. I laid down a price of 15000 for this project without any information. What would you have told me? Too much. Too much money, right? So take a wild right. guess what everyone's going to say. Too much money. Do me money. a favor. This is just, uh, you know, again, taking, taking your word for it here. But just do me a favor here, Grant. If you do come across anybody that wants to know how much our products are, what we offer, if they want more information, give them my personal name and number. That's good. We'll set up a free in-home uh, consultation just like we did here for you. That way they can appreciate the value as you do right now. Fair enough? Can you right. do it for me? That's good. So again, you're tying up loose ends because how many times does that happen to a salesperson? They close a the deal, they go through all right. that work, and then they talk to dad or something. And, and then they get a cancellation. That's it, yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah, clean up the blood, button it up. And That's the last, good. That's the last good. thing is uh, the next day phone call. I always call my prospects the next morning at nine o'clock before my 10 a.m. leave and make sure that I answer any questions that could have come up overnight. Because what happens a lot of times with salespeople is a prospect wakes up the next day, they have questions, but the salesperson is running leads and they don't answer their phone. <laughs> now the customer's freaking out because they gave someone their money, some stranger, and now he's on right. the phone. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. So right. Calm, you know, but all those little things make all the difference. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what gets you at 70% retention up to 90% plus retention. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's good. Very valuable stuff. But yeah, I mean, that's why I love talking sales strategy, you know, all these things. And there's so many little nuances. But again, there's a lot of experts out there that have so much information to share. And you hit the nail on the head, Grant, is you got to find those coaches and mentors to guide you because you don't have to do it through trial and error. Like, like you right. and I did. Right. Right. And there's so many things we had to learn the hard way. And right. thankfully I was always one of those people. I don't know if sounds like you're the same way as me. I'm always asking questions. I'm always asking for help. I never claim to have all the answers. Right. I would go up in front of my whole sales team and be like, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to break the bad news. I am not the best salesperson standing in this room right now. I'm not. <laughs> But guess what? I know the process better than anyone in this room. Right. And that's the way I got to be, right? Because you can't tell me that the coach of the, the Lakers is going to outplay Kobe Bryant, right? right. <laughs> He's not a better player. Right. He can coach probably better, right? But that, that's right. what it's all about. So I'm going to be right. a better coach. But again, I'm never going to claim to have all the answers. I'm, I'm hoping to learn just as much from you as you learn from you me. From me. Right. And right. that's how the right. skills trainers got to be too. Right. It's too many times I see when people are training on sales, they're like, I have all the answers. You just listen to me and screw your ideas because they don't matter, you know? No, it doesn't work like that in this industry. Yeah. It did. It, it, it did maybe, you know, 70, 80 years ago. But today, that yeah. attitude doesn't work. The attitude today is like, okay, I can learn as much from you as, 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 as you from me. 
and I may be a little bit older, I got a little bit more experience, uh, but your ideas count, you know. You count, your ideas count, and uh, uh, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say and what you're learning out in the house as you're going through the process. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Um, you know, I would do that for uh, sales meetings is I would have a certain topic, right? A certain agenda for a sales meeting. Mm -hmm. And I would cover it myself, of course. I would cover it kind of more of the methodical way to do it. But then I would have all the top closers in our company come up and share how they do it, right? I want you to see how the top salespeople are executing this. And it's crazy how you can have the same topic at hand, regardless of what it is. And everybody looks at things differently, right? Mm -hmm. And their ideas sometimes are just groundbreaking. It's like a light bulb goes off in your mind, like, holy crap, that's, that's really intelligent. That's, I never would have thought about that on my own. Right. That's why it's important that you're willing to learn from others. Sometimes you gotta let your salespeople be your mentors and coaches, right? Absolutely. And, and but don't tell them, but yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. tell them. Yeah, right. You know, some of the yeah. best things I've ever done as a sales manager, Grant, and I don't know what your opinion is on this, I would have a brand new salesperson ride with me and I would run a lead. You know how hard it is getting started in this industry where you don't have any money, you don't have two pennies to rub together. Right. And it's all about getting your pipeline built up, right? right? So what I would do commonly is I'd have a new salesperson ride with me and I would close the sale and they're just observing, right? And I would give them the sale. Say now, I look them in the eye and say, you know, I understand how hard it is to get started in this business. You were very, very good in there. I love the way you conducted yourself. This is my gift to you. I'm going to give you that sale. You keep the commission. You keep the sale, right? But I want you to make a promise to me. Now you're going to keep building upon that, right? Right. And it's crazy. That one little sale that you gave that salesperson, the loyalty and the respect right. and the appreciation you now have from that salesperson right. is unlike anything else. You know how much money that made me? Right. I sacrificed maybe that $800 commission that one time. But then the tens of thousands of dollars that salesperson would make you as a you know yeah. lifetime of that, right. it's crazy. Right. That's good. Managers don't That's think good. that way. Again, they're selfish, right? They they're all about themselves a lot of times. Whereas if you have that that state of mind, I'm going to give more than than I'm going to take. It, it's ultimately going to pay you back in dividends. Absolutely. Your people. I agree. I agree. Yeah, a lot of great stuff. Um, so again, talking about sales. A lot of great conversation on sales strategy. Um, and then in terms of leadership, if you are a leader of a team, I guess what would be some advice you would give to, you know, a prospective manager, owner, or anybody that's trying to lead their team more effectively? I guess how would you uh, suggest they go about improving in that? The, 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 you know, I, I, I am a firm believer, you, you know, you lead by example. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like people, People will follow you, you know, but you got to leave by example. You have to do the stuff that you say you can do and then show them how to do it. Don't, then, you know, that's one of the things I do. I, I do it very good. I leave by example. If I say, because, uh, you know, hey, I'm seasoned now. I, I know how many times that I need to be in front of people and get a job. Mm -hmm. So I know, like, if I'm in front of, 10 people, I'm going to close seven of them. Yeah. And I, I just know that automatically of the conditions are right, the husband and wife and everything's there. So I'm leading by example. Yeah. Um, I'm not asking anybody to do something that I, I'm not going to do, that I'm not going to be able to back up to say, hey, you know, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, I think leadership is all about leading by example. I mean, I mean, I, I think when you have this conversation, and I think I texted to you yesterday, mm -hmm. someone, you know, um, and I'm not, you know, really, you know, you're a young trainer, and you might want to, you might want to um, uh, exit out, but Robbie Webb, the reason why he is so good, mm -hmm. because he leads by example. Yeah. Every video that I have seen that guy in, every video that he has done, mm -hmm. when he went out to the people's houses, and, he sh and he's actually showed it on the wall mm -hmm. at the conferences, how he actually goes to, they didn't know he was coming, or whatever the case may be, and he'll show up at a house, at a presentation, Mm -hmm. And he would show them how it was done. Mm -hmm. But this business, especially the home improvement business, is, is not only do you tell, you have to show. Yeah. It's a show and tell. Mm -hmm. This is, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, there's no business that's a show business. Yeah. There's no business that's a signing business <laughs> on the home improvement business mm -hmm. because really you're performing 24 hours seven days a week. Mm -hmm. If you put a little hustle in your game, if you if you lead by example, if you you know show your people, the money will flow. It would just it, it, it would just it would just come it would just come like like no other business. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's my thing. You know, show and tell. You know, yeah, it's always show them why yeah. they need to um, do that to the customer. Show them why the introduction is so important. Show them why the uh, approach and uh, the need assessment is so important. Show them why, mm -hmm. and then get and then show them the response from the customer, and that's why um, Rodney's so good because he gets up there and he shows and tells the same way that he's selling home improvements to customers. The way you know the way that these that the way that we do. Yeah, we as trainers need to show our clients show and tell. Same yeah. thing. Exactly. You know, yeah. We're just at a different level, but they, 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 you still got to do that. I mean, I'm a big believer in show and tell. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, there's a huge difference between, you know, talking about something and actually executing it. And I think a lot of people, seeing is believing for a lot of people. They need to see it being done. Uh, that, that's a very valuable point, especially again, if you're a manager, leader, of your team, practice what you preach. You know, if you're going to tell your salespeople to do X, Y, Z, you know, let them see you doing X, Y, Z, then <laughs> lead by okay. actually make those changes. You know, if I want my sales team to be more healthy and physically fit, guess what? I myself yeah, okay. need to be healthier and physically fit. If I want them to study more and train more, guess what? I need to study and train more myself. Lead by example. They need to see right. you doing that. And again, the things you're talking about in the house, have them observe you executing the very things that you trained them to do. And that's what's really going to put the puzzle together. It's really going to put it, and that's going to have, that's going to have loyalty, mm -hmm. you know, you know, and as you are building your business, that's going to get you loyalty, that's going to get you commitment, that's mm -hmm. going to get your following, that people, people are going to know that Gloucester University does what they say, mm -hmm. what they do. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like so. The same thing applies in a in a home improvement business. When 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 you have a home improvement, when you have your salespeople, they know that the sales manager, the VP of sales, the owner, they're gonna say 
they have done, or somebody in that organization has been in a house and they know how the whole process works. And and that's why I'm with this company. That's why I'm with Roster. That's why I'm with uh, AB uh, Home Improvement Company because yeah. the leadership. You know what I mean? So that's why I look at those things. Yeah. A lot of great information, and I'm sure you and I could talk sales for, for hours and hours and hours. Uh, but again, um, I appreciate all the, the words of wisdom. And again, you know, just to kind of recap the conversation, guys, is you know, become the, the expert in your field. Be knowledgeable. Learn the process. Make a friend. Make it fun. Enjoy the experience, right? And the more fun you have, and I promise the more money you're going to make, and you know, seek out the, the coaches, leaders, and mentors in your life to guide you and surround yourself with people that uplift you and are positive influences, right? Don't, don't talk to the people at the bottom of the board that are having the, the parking lot negative meetings, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Look at the people at the top and, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, school's never out for the closer. Always sharpen the ax. Always be willing to be open-minded. Learn something new from a seasoned veteran like Grant, like me, like the, the leaders around the industry. Network with people. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this industry is one of the most rewarding things out there. I think it's one of the, the world's best-kept secrets because the opportunity is really endless. Right. And, you know, if you're, if you're watching this podcast and you're not a home improvement salesperson, and you're interested about it, reach out to us. I mean, there's a lot of companies that'd be glad to talk to you. Uh, there's a lot of money to be made, a lot of fun to be had, and you can truly live the lifestyle you've always dreamed of and take care of your family, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. But exactly, this, this business has afforded me uh, some things uh, that I would have never, ever dreamed of mm -hmm. uh, not for this industry. I mean, uh, you know, so I'm... I'm grateful. I mean, I'm always trying to give back. Um, I'm still pushing ahead. Um, but this industry, in my opinion, afforded me a lifestyle that, you know, no college education, uh, kid from the, you know, kid from the hood, city life, mm -hmm. you know, that had an opportunity and I've seen it and I just ran with it. And, um, and anybody can do it. Anybody can. If I can do it, anybody can do it. We talked about this yesterday. If I yep. can do it, anybody can do it. Correct. And, you got to have the heart. You got to have the heart to put into it and don't give up. Keep keep moving forward. And again, surround yourself with the right people, coaches, and mentors to keep you keep pushing you to get better and better. Right. Yeah, by example, that's the key, right? So if you want to lead right. your team more effectively, then lead them lead by example. Do the things that you're asking them to do, and that's going to help you orchestrate that much better. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Grant, uh, again, I appreciate it. It was an amazing conversation. And I know a lot of people are going to take a lot away from this. And I appreciate the, the viewers that took time to tune into this. And as always, yes, you are a closer. Uh -huh.